Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the incredible love that you show us, Lord. And we often forget the mercy that you have, the compassion that you have at, at <laughs> just loving us even though we have our weaknesses or make mistakes, do things that, that are horrible in this world, Lord. But even so, you look at us and you, you condemn the sin, but you want us to be saved. Lord, help us not to forget that. You know, when we try to compare ourselves to others, to, to say that we're better than others, to, that we forget how all of us have sinned, Lord. Help us as we navigate this world and the cancel culture and all that's going on, that we don't forget that, that, that we have an incredible blessing of being saved because of your son. Lord, thank you so much for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Ben, and uh, I, I am with the Crossings Interbell group. Where's my Interbell people? Not many, right? Because they don't want to listen to me again, right? But anyway, you see, that, that should be a sign. Uh, we are talking about kingdom heroes uh, are better than our cultural heroes. And I want to ask you a question. Who is your favorite superhero? Batman. Batman? I was talking about superheroes, actually. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, right? Anyway, I went to watch uh, Black Widow. Uh, last night, and uh, she's not actually a superhero, is she? Because she's sorry, ladies. I know. I'm trying to make people mad at me before I even start this thing. Uh, how many of you like Superman? Right? Isn't super Superman is the one that you can't really like because he's too super? Like it's not even fair. Like it's Superman, but you know that the guy that originally made Superman kind of kind of modeled him after Christ. Did you know that? Yeah, how many of you like Superman now, right? Saying bad things. Anyway, but I remember when I was a kid, I had, you know, I wore clothes like superhero stuff. My first uh, costume, I was, I was raised in Brazil, so we don't have all the cool costumes, you know, with the muscles that you guys get, guys get over here. I remember Jackson when I lived at Carrie's house. They had this super nice Superman costume that actually had the muscles here, the chest and the abs and all that stuff. And I was like, man, that's the one I wanted to have. Because the one I had looked more like Superman's pajamas, you know, because it was all kind of flowing and it, didn't, it wasn't super fit like I was hoping that it was going to be. But when you put those costumes, you always hope to be, look like him, didn't you? Like just like him and to be able to jump off of something and, and fly. I remember some of my other, I, I did have pajamas, super, not superhero pajamas, but hero pajamas. I remember one of mine was Mr. T. You guys remember Mr. T? Yes. In Portuguese, he was called B.A., which is not what you guys are thinking. I don't know why they call him that, but that was, that was the name for Mr. T. Another one I had was, uh, was the Incredible Hulk. And that one I came into my grandpa, and he's like, the Incredible Hulky. And he's like, the Incredible Honky. What, what are you talking about? You know, because in Brazil, it's the Hulky and things like that. But I don't know how you guys, what you guys like of superheroes and who your heroes are. But heroes are important. And today I want to talk about who are our heroes in our world? Who are the people that you look up to? Because the importance is that understanding that who, you, who we admire are the people that we're going to try to imitate. So who we admire, who we look up to, makes a difference in our lives. We want to be like and imitate our heroes, guys, so we have to be careful. 
We need to be careful who we allow to influence our thoughts, who we allow to, to put ideas in there. Because if it's not God, who is it that you're allowing to do that? Is it the media? Is it social media? Is it people that you're listening to at school? Is it your professors? Or is it the one who really gives life? In uh, Mark 8, 14 and 17, and I think we're going to have some... Oh, there we go. Um, what was happening is that Jesus had just fed 5,000 people. And he, he took the, the bread, you know, the small amount of bread and, and fish and, and fed 5,000 people. So then the disciples go somewhere else, and it says that the disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one uh, loaf they had with them in the boat. And then Jesus said, be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the, of the Pharisees and that of Herod. And they discussed this with one another and said, oh, it's because we have, we have no bread. We forgot the bread. That's what he's talking about. And he, Jesus said, aware of this discussion, Jesus asked him, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? He's saying you have to be careful with the things that you listen from the Pharisees, who are the religious group of the time, and who are hypocrites. And he's saying to be careful with what you listen about Herod, because he was a king then that was immoral and did all these horrible things, but, but was an influence on the people then. And he's talking about yeast. How many of you have ever made bread? Some of you. I've made bread. Bread with yeast. How much yeast do you put in bread? It's a, it's a little bit, right? You can't put a lot. You put a little yeast in there. And what he's saying is be careful with the yeast. He Be careful with the influence of what these other guys are saying. Because a little yeast does what? It permeates everything. In uh, Galatians 5.9 it says, A little yeast can change a whole batch of dough. It can influence not only a whole bunch of people, but it can influence your whole life. In Galatians 5.9 it says, Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, and this is in the... Uh, the Passion Translation. I like how they put this. It says, don't you know when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system. God is worried about your belief system. He's worried about the things that you think about because he knows that if you don't keep those in check, that it's going to permeate everything. And not only that, it's going to affect other people. There's a... There's a battle going on. You know what the battle is? It's for a thing that you don't think of very much. Because we think it's all up here. You know, we're thinking, God says, look, there's a battle for your heart. For your heart, for the thing that's your passion that makes you go. And some of us don't understand, well, what's the difference between my mind and, and my heart? And uh, Janice, who is, uh, she's in charge of our Manasseh uh, ministries here. She does uh, the Wounded Heart. And she, she's helped us, so many people, to deal with healing and things inside. And she was talking about the difference between the mind and the heart. And the mind is your understanding things. I know things. Don't you feel like that sometimes? Uh, how many of you are, are very logical people? You know, what do you like to do? You like to use this thing and let me, let me get each thing and see how this works. Because if it, does, if it doesn't work, it's, it's not right. But we forget so often that it's our heart 
It's the passions that we have that are going to drive us to actually do anything with that. Some of you, your hearts have been, have been killed. Like I feel like in my life and in my past, uh, I remember my dad wouldn't motivate me to do a lot of things. And he had always this phrase when I came up because he, he told me later the reason he did it. He said he didn't want me to get a big head. And I said, well, Dad, you got a son with a little head, right? And the truth is with a little heart. Why? Because every time I'd go and say, Dad, what do you think of this? He's like, well, you could have done it like this. Or so what? Or, or why didn't you do it better? I have a better way to do it. And I remember just, I was like, why don't I feel excited and passionate about doing things even though I know what God says is right? And I'm just like, you know, it's whatever. Eh. Meh. It's whatever. Guys, our hearts are what are going to make us go. You have to know the information. But if you don't have the passion to do it, there's a problem there. And I know you, you might think it's like, what, what, what are we talking about, heroes? Are we off topic? But I want you to understand that the heroes that affect your heart are, are going to drive you. Uh, Janice told me this, and, and I love how she put it. She, she was talking about depression. She said, you know what depression is? Depression is the state where, where your mind and your heart are apart. And you can't bring them together. You, you just don't have the drive, the, the emotions, and the, and the will to live. You're just depressed. I know because I've been there. She told me also, she said, you know that people don't commit suicide when they're depressed. It's not in the, the phase of, of the sorrow of, of grieving that, you, that this, the suicide happens. You know when it happens? In anger. In anger because you're so angry as if I want to do something about it. But when our heart and our minds aren't connected, we don't do anything. So you have to connect those two. If you know that you're that kind of person that's not motivated and you feel like you know what's right and you can't do it, guys, you need to bring those two together to connect your mind. And it's, and it's tough because there might be a lot of stuff that's going to happen because of it. There's going to be a lot of feelings there. But it's better to live a life of dealing with what's real than to be just, just broken in a depression and lack of motivation that doesn't take you anywhere. There's a battle for the heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And I, I love that passage. It says you've got to guard it. You've heard this so many times, haven't you? When was the last time you actually did something about it? When you were watching TV and something came up and you saw that it was a, a mature TVMA, have you noticed that? It's like everything you watch now is TVMA, right? It's mature. Are you mature enough to, to watch it? Let me tell you, you're not. Because you're not going to look away at those times and you're going to listen and you're going to let those things come in. And God is saying, guard it. Make sure when you're scrolling through Facebook, what are you, what are you letting in? Are you just taking in everything that's there? Oh, because this person said it? Oh, because I, I trust this? Are you, are you looking at it and go, let me make sure that this is what God wants me to do? We have to be careful. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, and I, I'm sure you've heard this passage before. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. It says, who can understand it? It's saying, look, that the heart of men does some terrible things. Aren't there those people that you look at and you're like, how could somebody do something so terrible? 
Why is there so much abuse, parents abusing their children emotionally, sexually, spiritually sometimes, physically? How is it that this happens? The heart is deceitful. In the, I, I used to teach healing is a choice. Remember, Marcy? We taught it together, right? Healing is a choice. Everybody loves healing is a choice. They don't. It's a terrible class. Everybody hates it because you have to deal with your feelings. And, uh, and when Janice told me, Ben, could you teach this class? I'm like, I don't, I don't want to. No. Like, I don't, I don't want to deal with these things. But in that class, it talks about, it talks about your heart and how sick it is, how sick your mind is. We have to be careful what gets in there. Uh, it's funny because we always listen to that part of this, of, this, uh, of this passage. But the next part of this passage says this, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. So you realize it's God that's saying this. He's saying, look, the, the heart, be careful with it. Because your feelings will make you do things. Have your feelings ever made you do something stupid? Uh, raise your hand. Right? If you're not raising your hand, now you're lying. You know why? Because I know our heart makes us do things. Oh, that feel it just seems so right. You ever feel like that? But God says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Did you notice he didn't say just the heart? He said the heart and the mind. They're both of those things. Don't think that you can separate it. In uh, Matthew 6, 23, um, it says this. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If your eyes are unhealthy, the way you see things, if it's not the way that God wants you to see it, that, that your whole body is going to be full of darkness. Depression, all these things that just cause us not to want to live at times. But it says, if then the light within you is darkness. That's an interesting passage, isn't it? If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And I never understood this very well until somebody explained it to me. You know what that light that is darkness? It's because it really is darkness, but you think it's light. And we think, you know what, this just sounds right. Do you ever have that little feeling inside of you? Oh, it just feels so good. It feels so right. I found my mission. I found this. And then you say, God told me these things. I'm like, really? Is it in his word? Because if it's not, you got to be careful. You ever said that to yourself? God's just telling me to go this way. Did he really come to you? Or, right? or is it just because that girl is, is really hot? Right? Or, or, or this, are you like this university? Are you, are you like this job over here? Or that over there? It, it, be careful with your eyes. And you know what the problem here is? That if you think that, the, the light, that that darkness in you is light, that you, you think it's all good, don't you? What are you going to do? You're going to fight for that. It's going to be your passion. Your heart's going to take you there. And the problem is you'll take so many people with you because it's, it's just so right. Do you ever feel like that? I've, see, I speak a lot of times out of weakness. Because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I, I don't think I deserve to even speak to you, except that I've made so many mistakes, I can tell you what not to do. Right? 
I was the person who had made, who made so many mistakes at one point in my life. I hated myself so much that I sat in my apartment all by myself thinking of how I was going to end my life. I was actually, I planned that I was going to do it. And I was thinking, do I hang myself? Do I cut my wrist? Do I take, do I take medication? I was thinking those things. I hated who I'd become because I didn't guard my heart. It says in Proverbs 14, 12, and this is a passage that many of you know. Here's a different version. It's the passage that says there is a right, there's a way that seems right to man, but leads to, anybody? Leads to death. And you think, well, it's not death, is it? Is it really, am I really going to die? He says, look, eventually, yes, we're all going to. But it leads to the death that really matters. You know the death that really matters? It's spiritual death. But this passage says this. It says, you can rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error you have chosen. But you'll find out in the end that you took the road to destruction. How often are you rationalizing things? Because your heroes, because the people that you're listening to, you, to are telling you that this is okay? Because the media, society, how we're supposed to look and, and the decisions we make about what we wear, what we do, and... What are you rationalizing? Be careful. So when we are influenced by our cultural heroes, by the rhetoric of what the media is saying and, and by who they say we should listen to, guys, you need to be careful because they're going to take you away from what God wants you to do. Be careful. Uh, guard your heart. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, this is a famous passage also. It says... I, and, and it's Paul here that was inspired to say this. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. Have you ever pleaded with somebody? Because you love them so much and you see them going in a wrong direction that you're like, don't do this. I promise you're not going to like where you're going to end up. This is Paul telling us. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. You know what he's saying? Remember how merciful God has been? Because you know who you are. You know the mistakes you are. I shouldn't even be here today. He says, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's not, you know, I love worshiping with you guys down there. You know, we, we have our, uh, our services in a big gym, so the sound doesn't, the sound doesn't help us. In a, I see a lot of people not singing, and I'm like, come on, let's sing. And, and when I come here, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, the, you know, and I'm like just, right, clapping and, and, and dancing a little bit, which don't look at me because you don't want to see that. Nobody, nobody needs to. Uh, but the true worship, what is the true worship? That I sacrifice the things that I want, that I live the way that God wants me to. That's our true worship. But look what it says next says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. That should just tell you that this cancel culture and all this stuff that's happening, we need to be careful because it's permeating everything, it seems like it. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Doesn't that sound a little bit like brainwashing? Let me just put that out there, right? As well, what's Ben trying to do here, right? It's like, He's messing this up. No. What? God wants to change your mind. 
Do people like people changing their mind? Do you like just, just change my mind? Tell me that, that I'm wrong. But that's what God is saying that needs to happen if you have any chance of becoming the person that he wants to you to be. Because it says here, after that, it says, Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Then you'll be able to do it when you sacrifice. After that, go and test it. You don't need to know everything uh, up front. Just go and obey what God says. Even though your heroes aren't doing it. So who should our heroes be? And for the renewing of your mind, I'm going to try to change who. <laughs> if your heroes are the secular heroes, are the ones in, in the media, or the, the CEOs, or whoever it is, is, is your boss at your job because he, you know you want his job. And it's like, no matter who it is, God says, look, that the ones, it's the ones who do God's will. Those are who our heroes should be. That means the people around you, the people you hear about, that are doing God's will, regardless of how dangerous it is. In Hebrews 13, 7, it says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Look what it says. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Imitate your faith. Let me tell you this. Your leaders aren't perfect. Does anybody here have a perfect leader? Anybody? Fur? Put your head down. Hand down. Right? Is, is anybody here a perfect leader? I'm sorry you're not. But it's saying look at the outcome of their life, their way of life. What, what is the result of it? And it's telling you to do something. The same thing we do with our heroes, don't we? We imitate. We try to be like them. Ah, I want to be the, that guy. I want to do this. And you know, it's like, you know, the little kids with the, with the Spider-Man. And they're doing all this stuff. He's saying imitate the ones that you see how their life has turned out. Yes, for a long time I, had a, I didn't have a lot, of, a lot of heroes. I do have my dad as a hero, even though there's some, some hard that you know how it is with, you know, I have, I have daddy issues, like a lot of people. And he is one of my heroes, you know why? He's a missionary in Brazil, who even though when he lost all of his support, he was selling peanuts to be able to stay in Brazil and continue the work that was there. And I am so proud of him for that. That he is still there, and he's 75. And I know he doesn't like talking about his age because he thinks he's 25. My sister's here, right? He thinks he's 25. You know, he bought a hoverboard last year when he came here. You know, the little thing. And my mom was like, please tell him not to, right? Please tell him. And, and thank goodness when he went to back to Brazil, they told him, look, you can't take this in the plane because those things blow up. And it was at that time, and we're like, hallelujah, right? Thank, thank you, Jesus, because that was going to be a problem. But my dad is one of my heroes. He is. Others of my heroes are people who I've seen here at the crossings raise their families. You know why I'm excited? Because I have kids today, and I want my kids to turn out like their kids because they're going out and reaching out to people and talking to others and being what they are supposed to be in Christ. They're not perfect but I'm going to imitate them because there's some, there's some way that, that, that this turned out right. And the way things turn out is important. If we look at the media and the heroes, how do they turn out? I'm sorry, but we only see the beginning when they're all in the, you know, and they're like, they're, they're super famous and they're doing well. 
Look at their way of life, and you tell me. So many of them, isn't it hard to like some of the people in, in this world? The famous ones that we, it's tough. So remember your leaders. In Matthew 20, 25 through 28, it says, and what is happening here, uh, so there are the sons of thunder. You've, you've heard of the sons of thunder? There were two of, of Jesus' apostles. If you're watching The Chosen, you know, they, they kind of gave, gave you a little more, you know, like idea of how they did. But their mother came over, you know, and talked to Jesus. Jesus, I want to talk to you, right? I want you to put my boys, one at your right hand and one at your left. I want them to be the guys in your kingdom, right? Those, those positions, right? The ones that, that, that counsel him and, and tell him what to do. And uh, the rest of the apostles got a little salty, you know, because... Because they're like, what? You're not being humble. What, what do you mean that you, you're going to ask for this? No, you know why they were upset? What are you talking about? I was supposed to be the one in here. And they're all arguing, right? And they're mad and they're, and they're upset about it. And Jesus comes and says, if you want to know to do God's will, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them? He's saying, look, this is what the world is. And sometimes we like it, don't we? We want to be the CEO. We want to be the one in charge to tell people what to do. And let me tell other people, you know what's where, when you're important? Think about how many people are actually under you and under your influence. But look what Christ says. He says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first, first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He's saying, look, you need to change your mind because the way we think isn't the way that God thinks. We need to do what God's will is. The heroes in the kingdom, guys, were sacrificial people. People who gave their lives. Is that who you want to be? I really want you to think about that. It's about giving your life, and you're thinking, oh, man, yeah, I'd, I'd give my life for my people. But why aren't you doing it today by giving your time, your resources, your energy to others? That's who we're supposed to imitate. Matthew 5, 43 says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who, perse <coughs> who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. When was the last time you prayed for your enemies? You know those people that you're against, against in face, and on Facebook or social media, that they're saying things and you're mad at them because they're saying certain things that you don't like? When was the last time that you prayed for them? Because it seems like the battle's in social media now, isn't it? Like, it's like we're, we're all in COVID, so we're all secluded, so social media, let me tell them how I feel. When was the last time you prayed for the people that don't see things the way you do? Because that's what he's saying right here. One day, I had to bitterly cry because I did not want to pray for my enemies. How could you ask me to do that, God? They betrayed me. They did this. They did this. But he says, look, if you're going to be children of your Father in heaven, you have to do He says, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? What he's saying is like, look, the world is tired of people who just love the people that love you, isn't it? 
Have you ever read the Satanist Bible? You're like, of course not. I'm a Christian. We don't do that. But uh, Janice told me she read it. She, and you think it's going to be all these rituals of things, you know, these crazy things, right, that people do, like goats and, right, and uh, right, pentagrams and all this. I studied a little bit. But, you know, all this stuff. You know what Janice told me that really is the, the bottom line of this? There's this overarching thing that says, do to others as they do to you. That's basically what the Satanist Bible says. Just treat people like they treat you. You treat me well, I treat you well. You, you betray me, I'm gonna, you're going to burn in hell. Isn't that how we feel sometimes? And I'm sorry, you're like, oh man. He said hell. Yes, it's in the Bible. Look what it says here. It says, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? When was, the last time, when was the last time that you greeted people that weren't your own people? I hope you're doing it all the time. When you get, have guests come to your church, I hope you're the first person that wants to go up there and say hi because you're interested in that person. But are you doing that when you're at a restaurant with the, the person that's serving you? Are, are you greeting them and, and making them feel nice? Or are you just like hoping they better not mess up my order? If, that be, if, if there is not enough pink in the middle of that, of that, of that steak that I asked for, I'm going to send it back. Be careful when you send it back because, you know, bad things can happen. But what are you doing? Are you greeting people? Are you being the person that is different than everybody else? The world is sick of people that are doing all the same as everybody else. And we think, oh, well, everybody else is doing it. My heroes are doing it. These people. Let me tell you something that, that dawned on me. This is something I think Robert said. He said, look, God doesn't care about what the majority thinks. Let that sink in. Because sometimes we're like, oh, yeah, let's vote, you know, and, and then the vote, and this is what's right, and that's what's right because the majority did it. Guys. No. God doesn't care about what the majority thinks. He knows what's right. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's calling you to be like God, be like Christ. How much more time do I have? I don't know. It's, what time is this class over? 11.30, so we have, I have a couple of minutes. I have a bunch of passages here. I just didn't know which ones I want. And what I'm telling you here, look, these are the things that you need to try to imitate. These are the heroes that you're trying to go after. Be careful. In Matthew 18, sorry, uh, Romans 12, 17 through 21 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to, to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, what do you do? Feed him. When was the last time you took some cookies to your enemy? I don't know, or something. Maybe he doesn't like cookies, like something else, right? Continues and said, if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. You know that person you don't like, that doesn't like you? When was the last time you just went to QT, found out what they liked, and you went to, to the gas station and got their favorite drink? You've never done it. You never know what will happen, right? 
They might throw it back in your face, right? But that might be become a friend who you help lead to Christ or to change. And you get to be their heroes at times. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Don't do it just to heap burning coals on their head, right? Because some people are like that. I'm just going to do it just so you know. It's like, how do you, I'm better than you. You know that feeling? Instead, why don't you do it because God calls you to love that person no matter who he is. That's the kind of heroes we want to see. In Matthew 18, 1 through 5, it says this. It says, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And I don't know what they were expecting. Maybe it's like, well, you know. Yeah, if you've been watching, how many have been watching The Chosen? Right? And probably, you know, who is it that's going to be back there hoping that Jesus will say something about him? It's Simon, isn't it? Right? He's like, yes, it's Simon. It's like, Jesus, he even pulled Jesus aside. Look, I, I think you're doing things wrong. Remember that when they're walking along and he doesn't like Matthew, right? And he doesn't know why Jesus liked Matthew and that kind of thing. And, but here he's, he's saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom? They all wanted to be. He wanted to be called. So you know what he did? And Jesus has a sense of humor. He called a little child to him <laughs> and placed the child among them. Can you imagine there, like, who is the greatest in the kingdom? Little Joey, come over here. Right? Come over here and sit in my lap. Right? You see this kid? He says, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you look at children sometimes to find out how you're supposed to be? You know, my daughter forgives me. Because sometimes I get mad. And I raise my voice, and I do things that are wrong. My, my wife said, I forget what happened, but she said that she was right. Like, I, I told her to do that. Like, and I was like, oh, God. Right? You don't, want to, you, don't, you, know, you don't want to go apologize to your kid. Guys, you want to go apologize to your kid. You know why? Because they need to understand that you're like them, that that's what you're supposed to be, that you're supposed to be innocent and forgive and love. I'm glad that my kids still love me. I spank my kid. Let me tell you, you know, in this day and time, you can't really say that, right? I do. Because I love her. And she, forg she forgave me, forgives me. One time I, I spanked her. One time she hit my, my other daughter. And, she, and I said, look, you're not, supposed to, you're not supposed to hit. And you know what she told me? She says, Dad, but you hit me. Oh. You know that moment you're like, what do you say now, right? It's like, Right? I'm not going to tell you what I said. But anyway, let's continue. Right? Cause I, I, hope, I hope it was okay. But. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. You know what we're looking at? We want those heroes, right? The, the guys that are big, right? We look at the football players, baseball players, all, all these things. And we, we want to be like them. We want to we the strong thing, isn't it? Urgh. And the girls are like, we don't want that, right? We, right? We want. There are other things that you want too. Want. I don't know what you're looking at. But it says here in Psalms 147, this is the last passage we'll, we'll read. And it says, praise, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. Guys, that's just the truth. It's fitting to praise God. Why? 
because he has done more for you than anyone will ever do, because he made you, because he made all this, there's never going to be somebody that does more than God for you. Agreed? Amen? Never. Impossible. So, look what he says. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Isn't that incredible? That God's not saying he just like those that, that just do everything that's right and all, everything is perfect. He's saying he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Remember when it said that you're supposed to be like God? When was the last time that you healed the brokenhearted and bound up their wounds? That's what God wants us to do. It says the Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. He sustains the humble. He lifts them up. God's saying, look, you don't, you don't need to worry about being lifted up. Because we're always talking about how good the things we are, we do, don't we? And, and, Paul, and Paul said, I, you know, I'm stronger when I'm weaker. He says, because God's strength. Because he says, look, it's, it's not Paul that's doing all these things. It's not Ben that's saying these things. You, you don't, don't, don't want to know half the crap that I've done. But he is saying the Lord sustains the humble. He lifts them up. You don't need to lift yourself up. He's going to do that. But he casts the wicked to the ground. And look what he says in this. And I want you to pay attention because this goes against what we think of heroes and what God wants us to do. It says, His pleasure is not the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. Right? Don't we like, when you watch 300, right, and those guys are there and they have those chiseled abs. The Sparta, right? You remember that? They got excited. It's like, we want to be those guys. And he, he kicked, right, the guy into the well. And like, and God is saying, no. He's, look, that's not what delights me. Look what it says. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Let me ask you this. Are you interested in who God, in who God delights in? Are you watching for the people that have the courage to do what's right? Did you know that 13 Christians die every day in this world because of their faith? We've become kind of, kind of comfortable over here, haven't we? Right? Here in, here in America. They, you know, everything's okay. We have religious freedoms. We've got to watch it because it seems like things are, are changing. But there are places where 13 people die because of their faith. That means renounce Christ or I'm going to kill you. And they die because whole buses shot down with kids from Christian schools, from people that are trying to do what's right. Happens every single day. Why? Because they have faith. That's what God delights in, that we sacrifice. Those are the people that we need to pay attention to. Who are you paying attention to? Are they the ones that think like you do? Are they the ones that look like you? The ones that feel like you, that talk like you, like, that like the same team, that make the, the same kind of money the, or have the same education? Are those the ones that you're trying to emulate or be like or be connected to? You need to have one hero that's your main hero. And... I asked Mackie, I don't know if you, who was, who was here for Mackie's class yesterday? Right, he had a t-shirt on. And I, and I asked him, I asked him if I could use this t-shirt. Right, I wasn't going to put it on before. 
but it smells like it. But it wasn't allowed. She said, I have it if you want it, right? And I do have to say, Superman is my favorite superhero, and I don't care what you say. But anyway, but it has the, the S right here, and Jesus, and it says, right? The hero our world really needs. How often do you wear a t-shirt like this? Let me tell you, I don't have this t-shirt. This is Mackey's, right? So I failed already there. How often do we wear, right, the t-shirt the, the of the team or, or the superhero or the band that we like or of the, you know, or how often do you, do you wear this? And I'm not talking about a shirt. What I'm talking about is we need to clothe ourselves with Christ. That's what the Bible says that we need to do. You know who you need to imitate, really? is Christ. That's who your hero needs to be. How excited do you get about knowing? I love the, the chosen and how it puts Jesus as a human being because so many of us go and say, like, he wasn't really, you know, it was Christ. Of course he's going to do things that way, right? He, he went to the cross because, because he's Christ. And he did because he's Christ. But in that garden when he told God, look, God, I don't really want to go through this. And you know what the problem there is? I always think he knew exactly what he was going to go through. He knew, that, he knew the scripture. He knew that he was going to be tortured and suffer. Are you willing to clothe yourself with Christ? Do you have the courage for Christ to be your hero? That's what the world needs to see in you. And let me tell you something. When you clothe yourself with Christ, then when other people imitate you, you get to be that hero. You get to be the person who is an influence to others. I think the problem is that so often we're looking at other things instead of looking at the one who really deserves it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your son. Thank you so much for also for putting people in our lives who have decided to, to, to imitate him, who have listened, who are, are his disciples. Lord, we need those people. We need everyone here to be that person that we go out into our community, to our schools, to our, to our jobs, to, to the supermarkets we go to, to everywhere, to our gym, that we are Christ to people. I have failed so often at being that because I'm looking at what other people are doing and trying to be like them. And the truth is the world is tired of the same thing. Help us to be different. Help us to be the heroes that are going to be what you want us to be, Lord. Thank you so much for Christ and his sacrifice. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.